Welcome to Charlotte Mason Motherhood, the podcast that helps the everyday mother learn a practical application of the Charlotte Mason method. In our last podcast, we covered the first of the three instruments of education. Today, we are covering the second instrument of education. Education is a discipline. This is principle number seven of Charlotte Mason's 20 principles, and it's something that you've probably heard me mention already, and that is habit formation. Mason's principle number seven states, by education as a discipline, we mean the discipline of habits formed definitely and thoughtfully, whether habits of mind or body. Physiologists tell us of the adaptation of brain structures to habitual lines of thought, i.e. to our habits. Now let's keep in mind that the main goal of education as we discussed in episode three, is the formation of character, that is, teaching children to be virtuous. So while habits like neatness and order are what we tend to focus on when we think of habit training, we really want to draw the attention to habits like obedience, courtesy, and honesty. Mason calls them habits of mind and body. Attention, obedience, fitting and ready expression, right thinking and judgment, physical habits of neatness and order. These are just some examples of the habits that we want to instill in our children. Today's application portion of our podcast is chock full of wisdom on the discipline of habit. So just like it's our duty to provide a living feast, it's our duty as parents to instill habits. According to Mason, we are unconsciously forming habits all the time and developing good habits takes discipline. In her chapter on habits in a philosophy of education, she states, if we fail to ease life by laying down habits of right thinking and right acting, habits of wrong thinking and wrong acting fix themselves of their own accord. This is exactly why we can't just let a child be. We have to put in the work. It is our job as parents to continually train and invest the necessary time in teaching good habits to our children so that we may all reap the benefits. It takes time and effort to retrain children and to train them. And we are all forming habits, it's true, and it's very unconscious. But the good news is that even if we have children who have developed bad habits, We can retrain ourselves and we can retrain our children. If there are undesirable habits that have been formed in your home, it is possible to change those undesirable habits to desirable ones. It may just take a little bit more effort than from starting from the beginning. In Home Education, which is volume one, Mason writes, the little emergencies which compel an act of will will fall in the children's lives just about as frequently as in our own. These we cannot save them from, nor is it desirable that we should. What we can do for them is to secure that they have habits which shall lead them in ways of order, propriety, and virtue. So, okay, once again, I am telling everyone in the world that we must train our children, right? But how do we teach these virtuous habits? Habits like selflessness, obedience, honesty, courtesy. How do we teach any habit? 
My answer, straight out of my education courses in college 10 years ago, would have been basic repetition, right? But this is where our students' education actually comes in. This is where our true charge as mothered teachers enters. Mason quotes Aristotle when she says, We entertain the idea which gives birth to the act, and the act repeated again and again becomes the habit. So an act, we are told, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. But we must go a step further. We must sow the idea or the notion which makes the act worthwhile. My friends, this is our secret to habit training. Mason uses the example of a boy who read a story about a man who rose promptly in the morning. The boy was so fascinated by this story that it inspired him to do the same. His mother had to gently remind him of the story every so often when he didn't feel like rising early, but that idea, that story of that person that the little boy admired, it was inspiring to him. Once again, Mason reiterates the importance of the educational feast we are to offer through our lessons. She calls it the daily diet of wise thoughts of great minds and many great minds. If we read enough of these tales and literature, history, our children will internalize them until they are acting not out of obedience to authority, but an internal motivation or a natural impulse of which Mason calls a chivalric impulse. What I'm getting at here is that we want our habits to be formed out of an, an inspiring idea, not just for an arbitrary reason of mom says so or dad says so. Children are more likely to follow through with habit formation if it's an idea that is all their own. The living idea is the whole premise for Mason's educational philosophy, by the way, and why Mason's method is so successful, but we'll save that discussion for another day. This next point is key, and, and it's a crucial one. You only want to focus on one habit at a time. The reason for this being that children need consistency when forming habits. If we try to change everything about our lives in one day, it would overwhelm us, and then nothing would change at all. Focusing on one thing at a time is what I advise the mothers and homemakers in my motherhood community to do, and it's exactly what our children need as well. I love the example of taking off and putting away shoes when a child enters the home. This is something that can only be done by first recognizing the reason for it, cleanliness, neatness, order, but also by a gentle yet constant reminder in the beginning, especially for very small children. And again, if this can be rooted in an idea you read in a story, even better. Mason says, it is possible to sow a great idea lightly and casually, and perhaps this sort of sowing should be rare and casual, because if a child detects a definite purpose in his mentor, he is apt to stiffen himself against it. In the chapter Mason writes on home education about habits, she describes how the mother is to teach a habit. She talks about the mother's disposition and how she's pleasant and not nagging. And she reminds her children to carry out that action. Mason mentions that the mother must practice tact, watchfulness, and persistence in forming habits. 
She also mentions that the forming of the habit never becomes a cause of friction, friction between herself and the child. She talks of the mother as an ally, not an authority. And as I mentioned earlier, this can be a delicate dance, and that's why we only want to focus on one habit at a time. Before we end this podcast, I have to mention what Charlotte Mason identifies as the most valuable habit, the habit of attention. The habit of attention is the hallmark of an educated person. She states that the children must work for themselves. We need not labor to get children to learn their lessons. Let the lessons be of the right sort and children will learn them with delight. While I could talk about habit formation all day long, I'm going to end our discussion here. To recap, we've identified the seventh principle and established that we and our children are constantly forming habits all the time, good or bad. So we must take charge of habit formation in our homes. I love this quote by Charlotte Mason. She says, The mother who takes pains to endow her children with good habits secures for herself smooth and easy days, while she who lets their habits take care of themselves has a weary life of endless friction with children. We've discussed that habits should be formed out of living ideas and formed only one at a time, with a mother who maintains a pleasant yet tactful and watchful disposition. I plan to share so much more on habits in the future once we finish up with our work on the 20 principles, but I hope that today's episode has offered you a greater understanding of this seventh principle, education is discipline. Now join us next time to discuss the next principle and the third instrument of education. Education is a life. One of the hallmarks of a Charlotte Mason education is narration, the act of knowing and telling back. At the end of each episode, I ask that you either write down or tell a friend your mom, your husband, whomever, about what you learned from today's podcast. You can also share on Instagram and tag me so I can read your narration. It is my hope and prayer that whatever you gathered from today's episode blesses you and your family. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.